Hello, and welcome to Maximal Fire, the podcast for Princeps. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. And welcome to episode one. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about if you're kind of where to start with Adeptus Titanicus, a few things we kind of think of that. Uh, also, some podcasty things, some other podcasts that have reached out to us that we and we want to kind of thank them and uh, promote back. Uh, but before all that, Alex, what have you been up to in the hobby recently? Um, well, uh, if we're talking about other than like spending hours editing episode zero <laughs> of this podcast, it's actually been um, quite a productive, productive couple of weeks, uh, to be honest. I think, I think this podcast uh, has definitely helped kind of keep the enthusiasm going. Um, you know, everybody, I think every painter reaches a point where they get a little bit saturated and um i reckon that actually adeptus titanicus has been my longest hobby streak um of any previous game that i've played i think i've been painting nothing but adeptus titanicus now for coming up to six months yeah i can't think of anything else you painted no i mean through the summer, I was like jumping backwards and forwards between 40k, yeah. Aeronautica, Necromunda, all that kind of stuff. But all I want to paint at the moment is Titans, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't want to paint anything else. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> My Necrons are rotting on a shelf, um, which is a shame. I sunk quite quite a few quid into that. That's fine. You know, they've got at least another like you know, thirty odd thousand years before they uh, they need to rise up anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just uh, tread water until the inevitable. But no, uh, yeah, so, I mean, for those of you who kind of listened to episode zero, episode one's probably a little bit misleading. This is actually the second episode. If you haven't already listened to episode zero, then... Uh, Don't pull back the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to that. Um, in, in that episode is where we obviously talk a bit more about ourselves and why we're doing this. But, like, this is going to be the first episode that we actually talk about stuff, like what we're actually going to do going forward. We talked about a lot of stuff in the last one. <laughs> Random nonsense most of the time. But yeah, people seem to enjoy it, even though there was no content in it whatsoever. <laughs> Why do you think this one's going to be any different than random nonsense? <laughs> well, yes. Um, but you, um, yeah, so so obviously yourself and me, anybody who listened to the, the, the previous podcast, anybody who follows us on Instagram, we're now in month two of... Um, AT Clash of the Titans, which is our um, Tale of X Gamers Challenge for Adeptus Titanicus. Um, we've actually had two more princeps in the local area join us, which is fantastic, mm. uh, Johnny and Dan. Um, so that takes us up to eight in the group. Because we needed another Johnny or John. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little bit of a running joke now. I think, is it 50% of the group is is a variation of John now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so un- maybe not quite john johnny and johnny someone's middle name is john that's right <laughs> yeah so there's a there's like a solid what like nearly 40 percent hit rate that if you if you ask for a john you'll you'll get somewhere in the region <laughs> one of them answering you um but yeah no that's great i mean from a personal point of view and i you know i said about this last time like we that's eight princeps who are have come together to to paint these new legios start something have committed to this game that we're going to be doing hopefully in the summer and that's that's not even like 
the majority of the people in that group aren't really even our core local gamers. So our scene in Bournemouth in, um, in the UK is is getting quite big and I'm really excited for when we're all able to get around the table again because I think I can see some some big games heading our way. Well, uh, on, on that, obviously, we've uh, reached out to the local gaming shop about doing a um, an event uh, in July, Pennsylvania, I think, for the 11th. So government allowing, obviously. Yeah. Ho- hopefully by then things should be okay, but obviously we, there might have to be, we might have to break it down to like lots of little six-man tournaments or something. We, we don't know 100% yet. It all depends where we're at. So in, in the UK, uh, the government have said that the plan of everything continues to go as it is will be that there should be no restrictions towards the end of June. I believe it's like the 21st or something like that. Yes. And obviously everybody's now, there's that light at the end of the tunnel and people can start organising stuff. So we'll definitely be, once we've all got it confirmed with the venue, uh, there will be tickets available and we'll be no doubt plugging it again on this podcast and in the Adeptus Titanicus 2018 um, group, if we're allowed, I'm not sure where we stand with um, promotion of events. Um, I think so. Uh, I'm pretty sure the the last event that got cancelled because of the first lockdown, uh, they had no issues with promoting it there. Yeah, so it'd be yeah, it'd be really good, and it'd be great to obviously continue to expand the uh, the community. There's, there is quite a lot just generally down here. Um, I know Portsmouth has yeah. got got a scene. Brighton's got yes. a scene. Um, you know, there's there's a lot in the south, so we're really fortunate from that perspective. The more people you play against, and the more people you get to see, I think the better gamers you become because you learn things from other, like from from a more diverse group than you would do playing against the same people. I also think it just helps keep it fresher as well. You know, um, you know, you know, just being, you know, if we, it's, I always think like six is like the minimum for a good group. Uh, we get a variety, but you know, if you've got if between the local areas, they can, we can get like, we, could, we could run like a twenty-man event easily. Well, you know, you're going to get a lot, you're going to get better from better painting advice. You can see some really cool conversion ideas, and you say you're going to get more games and hopefully get better at the game. So, hopefully, that kind of pans out. Yeah, absolutely. But with gaming, which obviously can't we <laughs> we can only dream about doing at the moment, uh, what have you actually painted since the last cast? So, I think I think when we had the first. Cast, I just finished painting my first mana pull for my Legio Wardax. Um, well, minimal, minimal mana pull. I, um, mm-hmm. I'd done three Warhounds for my Canis mana pull um, with the infamous Ursus clause. Um, and I, I decided that because I finished quite early, uh, these we'd separated these out into month long uh, like challenges. Uh, and I finished by month by week two. For that month, I think you finished. I think by week one, week three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the minimum, yeah. Yeah, we we were done quite early, um, and so I had a bit of time. So I actually returned back to my Legio Graphonicus, um, which was nice to paint something that wasn't a warhound. Um, and I'd had a Reaver Titan just kind of sat on the shelves, half painted for a few months. I started in before Christmas, and then I moved house. Uh, back in January, um, and then we immediately started this. So we'd kind of got part for the house move and, and like, put in a box somewhere. Um, and when I finished the Audax, I got him straight back out. So he was my, I've done a um, converted Reva Titan, uh, which I, I'm using for my Graphonicus um, uh, with the war gear upgrade of motive sub-reactors. 
which is used as the um, uh, warlord, uh, sorry, warhound, one of the warhound replacements that you can do. Mm. Um, so I did a bit of a conversion with that. I've seen some people use uh, armager legs, and um, I kind of just went a little bit further and decided to butcher a Moirax. Uh, but I'm really pleased I did because I think that the armor plates on the leg just look, make it look really good, and I'm really happy with how it's come out. And got some really good feedback on the the Facebook page, the Adeptus Titanicus 18 Facebook page. Oh, it looks awesome! It looks absolutely awesome. I'm really looking forward to running it. I'm, I'm considering at the moment I'm going to be running him. I was zooming and ahhing as to how I was going to run him. Uh, I'm probably going to do him in a Venator, I think, cool. uh, with him being a replacement for a, a Warhound. So I'm obviously reducing my shield-stripping abilities to trigger the Reaver effect, but I'm obviously doubling up on the positions of my Reavers to get those kind of free shots in. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's a worthwhile trade-off because um, it just gives you. Uh, you know, it's really easy in the Venator just to kill that one Reaver or face mm. that one Reaver or put like a concealment bombardment on that one Reaver or something. You know, just to negate it. If you've got two, well, obviously that's double the. Um, yeah, and especially if they're on different flanks as well, it's a bit harder yeah. to kind of. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Um, I've just. We're now in month two of, of um, Clash of the Titans, and I've I've returned back to what I'm doing for that now, with my polarizing decision to paint up some <laughs> Acastus Porfarians, or however you pronounce that. Don't know what you mean, Alex. <laughs> in my defence, I had them and I wanted to paint them. Yeah. Um, I didn't build my list around having some beardy knights, murder turtles. It's fine. You can have one for every. Uh, d- uh... That's just cool. You have because they suck. Yes. Well, I, I think that was. I, I, I kind of. I kind of asked permission from the guys as to whether or not it was something I was allowed to run, and um, we kind of was like, yeah, because the Ursus claws are so bad. Um, it's not so much. It's not like I'm running like a an Extermicus manipul with with them as well. It's uh, it hopefully <laughs> balances out a little bit. What about you, anyway, Ben? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I've said to quickly check the dates on Instagram. So uh, since the last cast, I finished my last two Warhounds for my uh, Disciples. So that's me completely done for the painting challenge. <laughs> In three weeks, the whole In challenge. It was supposed to take four months, uh, three months. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so I started my second Legio. So I built all the full four Reavers for that, uh, built the Knights. They're all undercoated. Last night, I went through and did all the exoskeleton work up to the second wash. So probably tomorrow night or Sunday night, I will get the Necron Combat out and give it a dry brush, pick out all the details, so like cables, eyes, that kind of thing. And then I'll, um, yeah, then I'll start working on the armor plates for them. That's, that's your Prosagius, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So uh, I've not done any work on the, other than spraying them black, I've not done any uh, work on the knights. Though, with that. I, I've, I'm going to keep them separate. I'm kind of hoping, fingers crossed, that I'll get the Reavers done and then the Warmaster will appear and distract me for a while so that I'll get the Knights done next month and actually do it kind of properly. Hmm. But I'm in a scary situation where I, uh, if I get all this done on time, by the end of April, I will have no unpainted Titanicus. What's, sorry, that does not compute. <laughs> well, it's my birthday name in April, so sorry. Oh, sorry, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll just load up again on, on plastic. 
just a little bit. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've got a I've got a warmer uh, warlord Titus paint up for my gatekeepers to get them to seventeen fifty, and then that will be um, by the end of April, hopefully, three seventeen fifty armies all painted up this year and a warmaster. That's pretty impressive. It's all right. I, I'm not <laughs> at all jealous. Um, you're suffering. I, I, in my defence, you've been you've been collecting this longer than I have, so I'm still playing catch up. I think two legios. In, in the time that I've been playing, it's pretty pretty respectable. Yeah, no, it, yeah, um, no, they're, they're definitely you know, you're doing really well, and you're still painting pretty fast. Your old axe you bashed out pretty quickly. I say yeah. actually did a really good job with them. So bash is the right word. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But yeah, I, I, I think on my birthday to this, I got another was it another warlord titan, a warbringer, um, and then another starter set. The starter set is going to get split between um, my gatekeepers, which I've now decided are going to. Take above seventeen fifty, which was the original plan, <laughs> um, and add uh, two more reavers and two warhound or war, war lords. I had this image of the Sergus Manipal with uh, three warmaster uh, warlords. God damn names! Three warlord titans, all with missile launchers, all with the uh, the upgrade where they get to shoot twice, and the uh, the auto loaders. Yeah, the accelerated auto loaders. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Keeping your shields buffed down one, everyone. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's, it might be right. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that is gross. Um, uh, but yeah, the uh, and then yeah, the, the two more reavers, so I can try out the. Uh, there's actually the list they did in the Goonhammer article. I quite liked it. So it was uh, what's that? It's a warmaster, a warlord, goddammit, it, and uh, three <laughs> reavers, all with all with missiles or the missile upgrade. Uh, basically, Maniple, where they go on emergency repairs with two up. Right. So you can fix stuff really quickly. I don't think it's good, but I think it would be... Um, complimentary. Complimentary, and it's one of the things I like to try and... My plan, all along with doing these other legions, other than Mortis and my uh, gate, uh, my true messengers, was to kind of do like a an army that kind of just highlights the, the, the strengths or the fun rules for these legions. I mean, if you're not if you're not doing that with your legio and not focusing on the strengths of your legio, you're kind of collecting your legio wrong. So well, it, sometimes it's not the strength. Some of the special rules I think make legio or equipment makes legios worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying you you do just because you can take it doesn't mean you should. But if it's one of the things which makes you better, then you should definitely build your force around it. Yeah. It's like my disciples using the uh, what's it the infern um, legio. Uh, what's it legio furnace? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Legio furnace. Yeah. Not furnace, that's desperate. Anyway, yeah, Legion of Furnace. And they've all got flamers. They shouldn't all have flamers. It's not a great option, but that's what their special rules work towards. And, you know, when you've got the Ignum um, mana pool to make it even better, it's like, oh, let's just see what happens if you get 17 flamer shots a turn. Yeah. Um, and why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to run a Ferox or something, then, you know, you've got your Mortis, haven't you? You can just, yeah. you know, if you want to kind of. And I think this is the trap that, you know, we as players kind of end up getting ourselves into is that we can't, um, not every force is kind of good for running every type of mana pool. And there might be something which no. just seems really fun. And then you think, oh, well, you know, bugger it. I'll just make up a small 1750 and just try yeah. it out, you know. Just, and... just do something crazy. Um, it, it's, I think it's in the last podcast, part of the reason for choosing the um, True Messengers, my loyalist faction, because they want to stay at long range. Mm. Although I'm mostly taking medium range weapons, so I want to say at medium range. But you know, it, it would just be completely different how I play the other legios where I want to get in your face. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and I think people when people hear long range in Presagius, like 
it doesn't have to be long, long range. Right. It's just long range of your weapons. So if you're talking melter cannons and stuff like that, then and and the, it, it's quite hard because then people must be oh, take volcano cannons, take missiles. Their long ranges are quite long. <laughs> you need to be quite far away to get into long range, which then doesn't complement other weapons. Whereas if you go for like a medium range weapons, so your Gatlings, your melters, your uh, plasma not plasma blasts, uh, laser blast guns, you know their medium range are all their long range are roughly the same. Yeah. So it just, it just makes it easier from a uh, from a gameplay point of view. It, you know, when you're not having to worry about all these ranges as much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So hopefully by the next podcast we talk about painting um, four reavers. Probably two, I imagine. Um, I don't want to rush them. I mean, you have got two months still that you can still uh, take your time over. Like, but I know in you, Ben. Like, I think you're like me. You kind of. You kind of, when you get in a flow or something, you just want to finish it off, don't you? And it's yeah. like, why, why stop and why stimmy your um, your muse, so to speak? You've been uh, dropping a name in a lot of your, uh, well, in your update there. It's obviously something which is quite heavily on your mind at the moment. But let's, uh, why don't we talk about the Warmaster? Well, we've had a little bit of news, I guess, which is probably why it's in my mind, because um, this month's White Dwarf has got a, a big article on it, um, including, I think it said one or two missions to use it in. So um, if one of them's not a Warmaster versus like four, war, four uh, Warhound Titans. I think this is a bit of a heavy hint, isn't it? Like the fact that it's in White Dwarf. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, announcement day tomorrow, I believe. And not sorry, oh, no, Sunday, Sunday. As we record this two days away, yeah. probably as you listen to it today or yesterday. Yeah, depending on how quickly yeah. we can get it edited and out, it, it may have already been announced. But we were we were obviously disappointed. I think last last um, podcast we were still quite we were hopeful that it would have been announced after that uh, episode. But um, sadly, it was not to be. Um, but it's still looking like hopefully still before the end of the first quarter. There's good news and bad news with the stuff GW has put out. So I'll go start with the good news. The good news is today on the Instagram, they were plugging the Warmaster. Yeah. Generally speaking, they don't plug something like that unless it's about to get announced as being released. Generally, there are exceptions, but especially with like the more specialist stuff. It tends to be, uh, if they start to put a picture on Instagram, that t- generally means it's about to come out. Yeah. The slightly worrying news, I don't think it's too bad, but obviously the, the first two months we've had a release every other week, which is different from what games should normally do. And it's been announced that the Dark Elder are going up for pre-order, I think it's on the 20th, which would actually not fit with the every other week release schedule. And we've not had any news saying that they are going back to weekly. But this could obviously be nothing. They could be going back to weekly and the Warmaster could be next week and then the Dark Elder could be the week after and then, you know, then we're back to normal. It doesn't really matter. So um, fingers crossed because I just want a new Titan. Yeah, I mean, I guess my only concern... I I haven't heard anything more about the Loyalist book. I I made an assumption, I think, when it was announced that we'd be getting it at the same time as the the Warmaster. But I, now that they've announced missions um, in White Dwarf, it kind of makes me think that maybe they are going to stagger the releases. Um, I don't think so because uh, I think the idea would be you'd put the missions into White Dwarf because what happens if you're a traitor player that's got no interest in the Loyalist book, and then you've just missed out on all the Warmaster? That's a good point. Yeah, 
yeah. I'm really sure it'll be out. Of course, we are bearing the other news, potential news. Um, in the White Dwarf article, which has the Warmaster in, which they put up, there is a uh, there's a picture of the Warbringer with a volcano cannon. Oh, in the background. In the background. Now, initially, I thought, oh, it's probably just a conversion or something, or it could, you know, it could be the case because it had the same head as the current one. Yeah, but a little bit of digging, I can then kind of realise actually the Warmaster's, the Warbringer's head is not on the weapon screw like it is for the Reaver and the yes. Warlord. It's on the body. Also, it's in the same less than great scheme they've just decided to do for the, for the Studio Mortis with that mm. really weird cream white colour, which just doesn't work in my opinion. I don't know why they changed it. The other one was fine. So, which makes me think it is a studio model, which I guess means it's not. That's not far away. They're they're, they're taking photos and it's in White Dwarf. But before we kind of get excited that we're going to be getting a new box, I, I I'm thinking because literally everything else is the same that we could be heading towards a Forge World release. You see, I think it looks plastic. As Matt will say, I tend to have a good eye for what's metal, what's plastic, and what's resin, and I'm pretty sure it's plastic. In a blurry background shot, yeah, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> some yeah. art released. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm pretty sure it's plastic. And it would also make sense. So, like in three months' time, you get the traits book. Maybe comes out with that. Hmm. Maybe they just do what they did with the um, the Reaver and the uh, second Warlord, where I believe they were just released randomly by themselves. They weren't released with a book. From what I recall of the image, it's only really a torso shot, isn't it? You can't really see anything else above the waist, um, or at least not in any detail. But it just seems it seems strange that they would just release that as being the only difference between the two. You'd expect there to be some different armor plates or something they could have bolted onto a second sprue, or 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 an, or an option on on another head option on a plastic sprue to make up the space. The head is the bit I thought about because I did think it would have a different head because that's generally what they do in these kits. The second one has a different head, and this one clearly doesn't. It clearly has the same head. But you know, um, it, it did. I mean, to me, I'm I'm pretty convinced it's going to be plastic. It's even got, I think, they can't really tell from this picture. Well, weapons, I think it might even have the other weapons, which the uh, or a volcano cannon, something else. You can't see the legs, you can see one of the legs anyway. I think only time will tell at the end of the day. But, like, yeah. the, the other thing I'm thinking about is that they only, from what we know anyway, obviously, we the brains at GW could be working overdrive on new and funky stuff. I mean, hell, <laughs> like, nobody expected the Warmaster, but Forge World at the moment, we've only got one other missing knight. Uh, from Forge World, which is the other Acastus variant, I forget that. Um, Ast- no, um, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. With the conversion beamers, but after that, I wonder what they're going to be releasing. Which is why I'm kind of thinking maybe, maybe a resin volcano cannon. Probably different, maybe different weapons for the Warmaster for the Warmaster. Yeah, our weapons. The um, the thing is, if the Warbringer was was a resin kit, it's a lot of resin because the whole back weapon section needs to be completely changed. Oh yes, that's a good point because you've got the it's the um, the missile loading section of the carapace. Yeah, so you've got the uh, you'd have the you know, you've got all the bits going down it. I I think it would be um, uh, I think it would be too much work for a resin kit. I think the resin the resin would be so expensive it would make it pretty pointless. Yeah. A kit. 
I, I, it's been a long time since I made my um, Warbringer, so I don't recall exactly how many sprues there would be. But you know, I mean, it's it's a reasonable amount of resin that you get in a in a in a Forge World Warlord arm. But you basically got that exact same weapon because uh, that's what it is, effectively, which is twenty quid, and then you've got all the back section. I think you're looking at almost a forty quid kit. But you wouldn't be needing any of the mounting. It's literally just the barrel, which is going to be different on the... Um... Um, I think the whole gun would be. Well, we'll, we'll see. I think that's one of the things. I think we're going to have to We'll have to see. It's good to speculate. You yeah. know, I think with if one thing that I've learned over the years with GW is that you get surprised. You are convinced yeah. it's going to go one way, and then they do something completely different. Obviously, they've got other things to worry about, like, is this kit going to sell enough? Uh, you know that those kind of those kind of things, especially now there's been quite a gap between the two releases. I also do wonder though how much COVID messed up the Titanicus release schedule. Yeah, because the Warmaster, the first Warmaster came out just before COVID, um, and then um, Bringer, we are, Winger, first Warbringer, <laughs> Warbringer. So how much? Um, whether the second one would have come out three months later, and then it got pushed back and pushed back because of other other things, you know, like new 40k and you know, it, it very much felt we were due a new plastic Titan kit at some point. Yeah, we had a lot of books, a lot of books last year, but not really much in the way of kits. <laughs> a lot of night kits. It's not Adeptus Titanicus, is it? It's Adeptus Titanicus. I don't know. I, I, I just really want a rapier or something like that. I think that yeah. they've made so many references to, like, the smaller scale um, models in the rules, but, you know, basically that is... What you're saying is a warhound at the moment. Yeah, it would just open up a lot more opportunities, I think, for some of those um, lighter legios. I, I forget the name of the one um, from Titan Death with the uh, the Imperial Hunters. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that by the time this comes out, we'll already know the answer. Um, yes. We were we were hoping really that when by the time that we put this podcast out, we will have already have had a model that we could have actually reviewed and looked at. And I think what we'll probably find is that we'll probably try and time the next podcast. I know we said like three weeks monthly kind of podcast, but I think we'll be jumping on the, on the internet when we've got one. Um, yeah. And I think before we move on to the next section, um, cause we've chatted, rubbish again for probably long enough for the first section before we actually get into the meat of the actual um episode nice. um just want to really give a shout out to everybody who's given us feedback on the first um podcast um i think like we said in the show it was very much a test episodes didn't really know where we were going to go with it but like we've had some fantastic feedback from um god engine cast and Martin got in contact with us, and uh, it's been great chatting with him. Um, hopefully, we might be able to. Um, I think you you might be in the future potentially going onto his show and talking about one of uh, your legios. Yeah, um, the once he asked if anyone could come and talk about Mortis, uh, we had also talked about going on and kind of doing cross cross promotion. So, two birds, one stone. Absolutely, yeah. And then uh, the tabletop standard guys as well. It was great to hear from them. And um, also the IF Horus pod um, got a um, a nice invitation from them. Um, I kind of owe them a bit of an apology because I think in the last episode we said that there was two 
predominant Adeptus Titanicus podcasts. And I'll be perfectly honest here. I'd I'd assumed that I of Horus predominantly dealt with more the 30k side of things. And it wasn't until like he said that that I actually went and did a bit more research on them and realized just how much content those guys do and how much uh how how wide uh, a net they cast and they do have a engine kill section of their show which is dedicated to adeptus titanicus so if yeah. listeners like me have kind of like just googled adeptus titanicus and maybe only seen full strides and got engine cast you know check out the eye of horus guys they i've I've been rinsing their stuff over the last couple of days, and it's it's really good. It's been a busy work week, has it? Oh, well, I just have <laughs> joys of working from home, man. Like, I have just been rinsing podcasts. I, I would love to just listen to podcasts at work, but I'd have to ignore the patients. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I think that's how you get sued for negligence. Sorry, Mr. Smith. Uh, I, yeah, sorry, Smith. I completely missed your medication because I was too busy listening to the God Engine cast. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Anyway, I just want to do like a, a quick addendum and apology to the I of Horus guys because um, you know, the, like, I, I, if you haven't li- given them a listen, give them a listen too as well. Not to mention God Engine cast and and like we haven't haven't spoken to Full Stride yet, but like the three of them are probably other than ourselves. Who knows? Um, almost essential, essential listening to, and it's really good, like how different people's opinions on those shows can be. There's a good cross section of opinions, which I think is necessary to kind of balance your own thinking. Alex, I thought we'd say potentially we shouldn't say that that you know, that's the main list of people to listen to because we would probably now just spend someone else. Well, well, oh, well. If it means <laughs> that somebody else is going to reach out to us and kick off a chat, then you know it's. Uh... <laughs> I don't mind. No, I'm I'm more than happy to go online next time with a, a gushing apology to them as well. Um, <laughs> if I have missed you off, like it probably just means that I haven't come across your pod yet. So if you do have a podcast and you want to have a chat or you just want to say hello, then let us know. Um, we're going to promote pod- other podcasts one insult at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or one apology at a time. <laughs> I think I think when we started this, I was kind of a little bit worried about whose toes we were going to sort of tread on. I didn't want to feel like we were trying to take the place of somebody else. But it's it kind of very quickly, I sort of realized that, A, as I mentioned, it, they're all very different already. Mm. But also, like, it it doesn't cease to amaze me how awesome a community the Adeptus Titanicus guys are. It's such a positive, encouraging um environment compared to say the warhammer warhammer 40,000 which can be a little bit more catty i, I don't know if i said i don't know about that i, I know the board game i know the board game community which actually always amazes me how open the actual community is but how catty some of the, like the youtube and podcast can be about each other um considering how open the community is uh, but, but my general experience from other games, like when I was doing Game of Thrones, I, when I literally helped someone set up a podcast, <laughs> when I was doing my own podcast, uh, just getting some tips and stuff. Generally, you know, uh, I think Chris on Full Stride said it best. Not Full Stride, sorry, uh, Tabletop Standard. Um, he wants other YouTubers because he only, he picks about the only YouTube content for it on a regular basis that's in English. So we should say there's a very good German and French one, I can think, because I didn't speak. It's about half my family being German. I don't speak German, unfortunately. 
Um, but he like, can other people do this? So I've got something to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, yeah, I can watch my own game again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it must be quite tiring, actually, to be like almost at the forefront of of the content because you know that they have to be pushing the boundaries and coming up with the ideas they've got nobody who they can plagiarize off like we can <laughs> now if we're running low we'll just have a listen to god engine or or uh i of horus and just find something that they did a year ago and recycle it <laughs> we digress i think we're now churning up the minutes let's get into it let's do the next bit and um we'll come back to you after this. And welcome back. Uh, so this segment, we're going to kind of talk about getting started Titanicus. I think, uh, although obviously a lot of the listeners probably are into Titanicus because they're listening to this, it's something that's near and dear to our heart because uh, we've had a lot of new players uh, during lockdown join and kind of giving them advice. Um, but also, if you've got anyone in your local area is looking to play the game, um, it might be kind of good just to kind of refresh, look at the best ways of getting into it. Um, so I, I know you've done a bit more research on this uh, than I have, Alex. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, like, the, the game is a couple of years matured now. And I think more so than, say, for instance, if you were playing 40K, usually you would just buy the 40K main box set and then you would buy a codex for... Um, your particular faction of choice it's it's a, a little bit different for titanicus because there's a lot of books out there's a lot of books came out in a short space of time as well like we had three last year but it it, it kind of become all, all of it is relevant all of it has got good content in it all of it can be used for pretty much any any legio apart from obviously like you know your canis manifolds and things like that which are a bit more well if are legio specific but um what do you do as a new player trying to get into um, into Adeptus Titanicus? And I've kind of, when I was thinking about this section and what we were going to talk about, I kind of approached it. Um, we're not we're not really going to talk about the books in such detail right now. Um, I think when it comes to the books at the moment, I think the best thing, the best advice that we could probably give is if there is a specific legio that you really like the look of. You buy the book with that legio in. That that's that's going to be. Some books are better than others, I would say. But if you like, if if you want to play as Ignatum, um, then you'd buy Crucible of Retribution because that's that's what they're in. If you wanted to be Furians, you would buy Titan Death because that's what they're in. Mm. Um, but what, I, I don't really want to focus on the books. You know, we like we we, we may look into them in, in more detail in future episodes. But I wanted to kind of approach this from a, I want to buy models. What do I spend my money on? Point of view, because at the end of the day, there's very, there's, I reckon there's very few people who are listening to this podcast who only buy Adeptus Titanicus for the fluff. We're here for the models. At the end of the day, we're here for playing the game. So I was thinking to myself, you want to buy into a game. You've got two hundred quid. What do you spend? And I've noticed this a couple of times on the 80, um, 2018 page, and I've I've not nobody's actually done it um, in our group, but there's been lots of questions asked about it, and I 
want to address uh, the elephant in the room, which is the Grandmaster box set. Now, I've seen loads of new players who are new to the game, and what do they do? They pick up the Grandmaster box set. I would say to them, take it, take it back. <laughs> and it sounds harsh, right? I mean, obviously, when when there didn't used to be a starter box, the, the, the Grandmaster was the main box that you could buy for so long. And when people didn't have a choice, absolutely. And I'm not saying that there's no value to be had in the Grandmaster box set because there very much is. What I am saying is, if you have, if you want to get into the hobby and you've got 200 quid. There are better ways for you to spend that money than buying the Grandmaster box set. I was going to say, if, if money's if money's no if money's no object, I know a lot of people who buy a Grandmaster sets and buy other stuff, which we'll talk about. She'll go with it. But if you if your if your budget isn't isn't expensive, isn't expensive enough to spend about four hundred pounds or three hundred fifty pounds, whatever it would be, starting the game, yeah. I, I I figured two hundred quid is is probably a sum of money that somebody who's interested in the game but not fully committed to it might be willing to part with to kind of get going. So that's why I've approached that from this kind of um, direction. So it's interesting. I, I think you can do it for cheaper. I caveat this with I'm using GW pricing for this. Well, that makes a big difference for this estimation. <laughs> I'm using from the website and I'm using the UK right. sterling. Um, pricing. Uh, I know, obviously, in places like New Zealand, it's it's comparatively a lot more expensive. But based purely on Games Workshop yeah. prices, not factoring in like the twenty percent offs that you can get in a lot of um, good local gaming stores, just going on GW's pricing. This is what I've kind of based it on. So, like the Grandmaster box is one hundred and eighty quid, and you do get a lot of good stuff in that. And for everything that's in it, I think it works out roughly that you get a Warlord for free. You get some terrain, um, you get six Questorists, you get two Warlords, you get the book, you get the card terminals, um, and everything that you need to play the game. You know, it is a good box set, but if you're just getting into the game, don't get seduced by the fact that it's the expensive box. I know a lot of games um, GW have released, the expensive box is where you want to go for like my, my the comparison i draw to this is the dark uprising box for uh, necromunda that is a fantastic box set and it is worth the money um obviously you don't get much in the way of models gang wise but the terrain in it is fantastic and is 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 worth it's worth the money and if you're getting into necromunda it gives you pretty much everything that you need to start playing a game of necromunda but if you just buy the grandmaster box set and even if you did it with a friend and split it, obviously, money-wise, if you that, that in my opinion, that's the way to do it with the Grandmaster box. So you, you you buy in with a friend and you get the most value out of it. But you are going to be playing a game where you both have a Warlord and three Questorus. And frankly, uh, no, you don't want to be playing those games. And 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 not only that, you don't want to be playing. A warlord with two volcano cannons versus a warlord with two volcano cannons. Like that's not got fun written all over it. I kind of say, I kind of get why they, have, why they did the, how they did the set and why they did it when it came out. But you are paying a premium for buildings and for knights that you might not want. Yes. If if the set was about 120 and it was just the all the rules and the two warlords, it might be better. The other problem as well is you can't get it 20 percent off. <laughs> That's the other big issue because it's um, 
it's direct only. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I, I think the if if you're playing locally, that there's reason to get. You know, you you want the terrain. You're going to use the terrain, and there's a good amount of terrain in it. I think it works out of two boxes worth of the Civitas terrain. So it's a decent amount of terrain. Mm. Oh, it's not, and the terrain's lovely. Don't mm. get me wrong. Yeah, the terrain is. Lovely. But I think as well, people see the warlords get seduced by the warlords because I've always preferred the warlord titan over the reaver titan. The reaver titan is probably my least favorite chassis, just from a just from an aesthetics point of view. But if you've got two hundred pounds. And, and, and you're coming into the game. Don't, 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 don't buy the um, Grandmaster first. Save that for later, if you want it at all. It is more of a box set for, um, I would say, a bit more like the the advanced. Not, not, not really even the advanced. I think it's something that you can think about buying later if that's something that interests you, rather than a must-have. The thing I would say is you can get the starter set and a re and a, and the Warlord Titan of Plasma Guns. For less, and I think that'd be far better start myself. So if you take the start, the the, the new starter box, so that's the one with the two warhounds, the two reavers, and the um, two Serastus night lancers. If you were to spend the same money on, so if you bought two of those, that would be the same amount as a grandmaster box. And mm-hmm. for 180 quid, you would be getting somewhere in the region of 260 quid's worth of models. Which is basically another starter set uh, that you've saved. The starter set I, I think might actually be the best starter set they currently do. It's it's the only game where I have I don't see a point where I'm not going to continue to buy starter sets. I don't see a point in buying a single Reaver on its own or uh, Warlords uh, Warhounds. Sorry, maybe because you know you do generally want quite a few of them. But it is if you're paying forty quid. For two um, warhounds, fifty more quid gets you two reavers and two knights. Yeah, you know, and and I forget the exact price. I think it's thirty-five quid for a reaver um, on its own. It is, yeah. And um, also, the reaver that comes with the missiles you can't get in stores at the moment, as in uh, direct. Uh, you direct. They're direct only, so you don't get. Again, you don't get the twenty percent yeah. off if you shop around. Honestly, speaking, if, if it was me, if I had one hundred and eighty quid, I would buy two starter sets, but. Yeah, and, and that that will that will allow you to play um, pretty much any most maniples in the game. Even a normal starter set will allow you to play a good chunk of the maniples, albeit uh, maybe a minimal, um, um, like the minimal size maniple uh, for some of them. But if you've got two hundred quid to spend and you want to create, you you want something which will give you a good taste of every type of model in the game. Then you can spend ninety quid on the starter set, and you buy a warlord with a plasma annihilator for sixty-five quid. You've got an axiom maniple right there, plus Serastus knights. Granted, you're going if you buy if you do it that way. What um what I've also seen on the Facebook pages, which I don't think people realise, is, is that the warlords do not come with terminals. There's no terminals in the starter set. There is in the Grandmaster box, but there's no st- there's no terminals and there's no weapon cards in the starter set for Warlords. Yeah, whereas the, in the Grandmaster set you get weapon cards and terminals for uh, yet two for each yeah. of the the three main Titans. Obviously, the the Warbringer not being out. That has to be a consideration, but you're only talking an extra twenty two pound fifty. And again, this is assuming that you're buying them without a discount. So for 
I think it were. I think if if you wanted a good mix of the both with something which would kind of give you a bit of everything, you buy a starter box for ninety quid. You buy a warlord with a plasma um, annihilator. Uh, plasma, yeah, plasma, the sun, sun fury plasma annihilator. Uh, the sun fury plasma, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sixty five quid. I don't know why. I just it just sounded wrong when it came out of my mouth. Then. You buy the terminals. You buy the cards, and then if you really wanted some terrain, you can buy some terrain for twenty seven pound. And all of that together from GW's prices is going to come to £204. So just ever so slightly over your £200 budget. And what you've got is a much better, much more rounded force, which can use multi- many more maniples. Because there is only there is only one... No, there's not even a, there's not even one maniple that can only have two Warlords and some Questorus Knights. So you can't even fee- field a, a minimal Extergimus or a, a minimal Myrmidon maniple out of the no. Grandmaster box. You can't field any maniples out of the Grandmaster box. Oh, no. When the Grandmaster box first came out, we were very much was we were playing, quote, well, not match play. You could only play um, open. Yeah. yeah. So I, and, and then, you know, we, when, when you start factoring in those discounts, it becomes even more valu- valuable. Like one of our local stores does 20% off. So... Yeah. That was two hundred and four pound from Games Workshop. If we were buying from there and we could get everything through them, like there was no direct only for whatever reason, it's, it's less than one hundred and seventy quid. So, yeah. So that would be how that would be what I would do, Ben. That's how I would spend my money. I don't disagree. The only other thing I would say is uh, I think there is an argument for just getting two starter sets. Yeah, uh, I'm running. Um, I is when I started my Mortis is effectively what I did. I didn't quite because. Um, I, I had a few titles I bought before the new starter set was announced. I, I, I agree. That would be what I would do as well. The only reason why I didn't yeah. say that is because people like Warlords. The Warlords are sexy. <laughs> like, and every, everybody wants to have them. Like, it was one of the first things that I bought um, when I kept bought mm-hmm. into the game. And it's probably, if you're thinking about the Grandmaster box set, it's probably one of the things which is drawing you towards it. But the, there is something as well, which yeah. like, if you're buying the Grandmaster box set, You've got to remember that the Questorius Knights don't have the upgrade kits, so that's instantly costing you. I think Ooh, I think yeah. that's like a tenner as well if you want that to get the rocket pods and the melter guns. You, you don't need. I would say you don't need them, but you, you actually, if you're not running the missile pods, you probably want the the extra cross combat weapon, at which point you do need the upgrade set. Yeah, and and <laughs> as we alluded to yeah. earlier on, to you you don't want. I say this is a very kind of flippant statement. Generally speaking, you don't want two double volcano um, warlords in your force. No. Um, I mean, some some legios might be able to burn enough heat to be able to manage it a little bit, but generally speaking, you you don't. So you're going to be committing. It's too many blast templates, in, in my opinion. Um, I, I if, if it's one or the other, and you can't afford both sprues, it or both tight one of each, it would be. I would say get plasma first. Yeah. So, so um, immediately then you're committing again to another twenty five pounds to buy the plasma frame. Sixty five. No, no, no ju- just the. Well, yeah, yeah. You could. You could, oh, you you could just buy another time, yeah. and you got three three warlords. But you, if you want to do it minimally, the benefit that what you save, I guess, in the grandmaster box set starts to get eroded. The value of it starts to get yeah. eroded when you factor in that upgrades frame if you want it, and um, the weapon frame for. The plasma and the um, laser blasters. I, I, should, I, I should change that. It's the best way to do it. If you've got a mate getting into it, you both buy yourselves a starter set, and then you, if you can, potentially go halves on the grandmaster yeah, set. That's another good way. Because of doing then it. you get one. 
one Titan each, you get the terminal for the, so one Warlord each, you get the terminal for that Warlord as well. And it'll give you a few extra cards and a few extra other, other bits and pieces for when you add your next lot of yeah. Titans. And you can argue over the terrain. Um, yeah, I mean, potentially, if it's just you and your mate starting, you're going to need the terrain anyway, so maybe yeah. one of you really wants the terrain, one of you wants both the night sets. Yeah. That could be a way of looking at Correct, it as well. Yeah. You're not that fast about the rule book because you've got a rule book already because you've gone for the they've got the stars. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. There's the oh yeah, there, there's a few different ways. The main thing is scary with the stars. Um, even before the stars came out, there was a brief period of time we had there was a hundred pound. I think it was a hundred. Yeah, hundred pound set. Yeah, which was a warlord, a reaver, and two warhounds. And even then, I said get that over the grandmaster set. Yeah, because yeah, the, the grandmaster set's fine. It's just it's also quite a big investment if you're not hundred percent sure. Especially as you can't get him a discount, and I think, and I think that's the other big issue. If you get him a discount, I can see more of an argument. Once you start going, is seventy-two pounds for the starter set compared to one hundred eighty pounds. That's a no. Uh, sorry, that's that's no brainer. And if you're not sold on yeah. the game, seventy-two pounds. Yeah, it's a night. Well, okay, it's a, it's a heavy night out, but it's 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 not like you're breaking the bank. You know, it's uh, less than the price of. A 40k night. It's less than the price of. Um, yeah, some of the yeah. Characters. I was going to say like the um, yeah. the Void Dragon is cheaper than buying it, and then you get a hell of a lot more plastic in the starter set. So yeah, that's my two cents. If you agree with me, let us know. If you think I'm mad and talking rubbish, then let us know as well. The other thing to plug though, if you are sorry, if you are learning the games, do check out the uh, Tips of Standard videos that um, went up last week. Yes. Uh, we immediately put them into our group chat because we've got lots of new players who haven't had a chance to play the game yet. They are brilliant. Uh, I can't remember Chris has edited. There is one mistake in one of the videos. Uh, it's a very minor one. Don't worry about it. Uh, he he kind of put his hands up and said, yeah. And that was after he sent the videos to, to his friends to uh, <laughs> check over if he hadn't made any mistakes. What I love about those videos, though, is that A, the production value of them is great, but also, really also it's just it is so easy to follow. Like the, the 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 format that they've used and the, how they've edited it all together, um, it's just it just makes it really really accessible as a new player to understand exactly what they're talking about and how that refers back to. Often they refer back to the terminals. Yeah, the terminals are one of the the most complicated things about AT, and it, it's not even that complicated. But like it could be a bit daunting to a new player to kind of get their head around it. The thing is, the terminals are daunting, but also they're they're not. Once you kind of get into it, and I think these videos, if you watch these videos and you were playing someone who knew the game, I don't think you'd have any issues because no. all the rules are right in front of you. You just follow the terminal down, and it tells you everything there. You know, there's no oh my, you know, there's no like some other games. Oh my, actor's like half full. What does that mean? Let's check the rulebook. It just literally tells you on the card. You've now got like a free up save. You've got four up save. You know, you just. One or two weapon rules you need to look up. That's about it. It's all right in front of you. Uh, there's also very good things on the Facebook group. There's a very good um, quick reference sheet. It's, it's a bit longer than the one that comes on the rule book, but it just covers everything. So it's highly recommend downloading at least put it on your phone or something uh, or printing off. Is that, is that the Lazy Princeps? Quick, quick, quick. Yes. Yeah. The Lazy Princeps one. Really good. Yeah. It gives you everything. It gives you all of the weapon stats. It gives you all of the weapon traits. Yeah, everything that you'd probably need. But yeah, if you are getting into it, you want to learn how to play the game. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there which will tell you how to play the game, but definitely give the tabletop standard guys a look. 
it's by far the most easy to watch, clear to understand um, set of videos that I've come across. The other great thing I like about it as well is the way he's done them because he's broken it down into nine different videos. So if you were playing a game and went, oh, I'm not really sure, I, you know, I'm having a few questions with the shooting rooms, you and your mate could just get up on your yeah. phone or uh, lap, uh, tablet or whatever. It's a five-minute video. Just a five-minute video just to quickly just cover it again, just to refresh your minds on it. Rather than some of these other videos, which are like you know forty-five, yeah. uh, forty-five minutes long or so, you've got to find the bit where they talk about it. They might talk about a bit over here and a bit over there. He just made it very clear, very easy. Right, I need to learn this one section. That's all one video. Go I think ahead. the combat video is possibly as you'd expect it to be the the um, the longest, and even that's only sixteen minutes or around that sort of time. Yeah. Yeah. Although, if you want to look in the other phases, like the strategy phase, it's it's like three or four minutes. That you just have to watch it for, and then that's all you need to know. So, I guess the next question there. So, you know, you've got your starter set. Where are we going next? And uh, we've kind of gone through four legios that we think would be the most beginner friendly. Now, massive caveat here. Massive caveat. If there is a legio you want to do, do them. Doesn't matter if they're the most complicated legio or not, because if they're the ones you want to do, if let's say you know you've played eighty back in the day, or you're reading one of the heresy books and you go, I really, really want to do, uh, you know, the uh, Legio Solaris. Cool. Do them because you're going to enjoy it far more that way. But we've just highlighted a few Legios, which if you're not sure, you're on the fence and you want to at least maybe even just play your first few games with unpainted models to use these Legio rules just because they don't, they won't overcomplicate anything. They're just they're very straightforward in how they work. I think it's worth as well saying that we're not we are not saying that these are what we like recommend as the best legios. These aren't the best legios in the book, you know, in the books I should say. They are what we consider to be some of the ones with the easiest concepts for beginners to grasp, and some of them are quite can, can be quite forgiving to play. One of them is arguably the best. Well, well <laughs> yes, okay, yeah, but I'm, you know, it'll it'll become apparent when we start talking about them, um, which yeah. ones are kind of in there, um, which you may be a bit more like, mm, um, but no, we're we're not saying that these are the best legios and these are the ones that everybody should um, collect. Um, we are just presenting them. We've done two loyalist and two traitor, and out of all of the legios, these are the ones that we consider to have the most straightforward and beginner friendly concepts so if you just want to throw them onto a table give them a go with some legio rules maybe have a look at these so uh i'm probably just to start with the traitor ones uh because i know these ones are almost off the top of my head it's almost as if you collected them ben it's like you're a little bit biased well, on their inclusion yeah. here and <laughs> um, i went through all the legios i've definitely tried not to use these but um the things that generally tend to give you the the best rules so we'll start with the uh the gatekeepers which these are straightforward because almost the rules are one one use only. So, um, or you just ignore something completely. They don't modify anything. So, one of the first rules is that uh, they never suffer any penalties to command and are never forced to re-roll successful command checks. So, you just don't have to worry about having to worry about modifiers, which I just think is a useful thing when you're learning. You're not going, okay, my command's four up, but you know, oh, you've got this rule. No, you, you just ignore it. So that I think straightforward go straightforward there. Their weapon upgrade is one use only. So you just the first time you fire the missiles, if you're giving the upgrade, you do it and you're done. And that's it. That's all you have to think about. The only slightly complicated thing is it does break the weapon. 
So you do have to fix it. But that's almost kind of cool if you're learning the game because now you have to learn about fixing rules. <laughs> it gives you a reason to learn. Right, here's how you. And on top of that, it gives you two rounds of shooting. So you pick up those dice, you throw them, oh, you yeah. go through. Okay, well that's how void shields work. And then you pick yes. them all up again, and you throw them again, and it gives you like it, it just sets in stone again that kind of concept of um, you know who knows you you may have gotten lucky and broken through a void shield by that point, but. You know, it's it, it's it's just picking up more dice and and doing it again. And the kind of last one could I'd go one of their stratagems. Um, it just gives you a free move at the beginning of the game, so it's not something you. It's not an ongoing effect. You just do it and it's gone. I think they are. I think it's just a. Just it's just straightforward. Now I would hide very much highlight. I don't think the gatekeepers uh, are actually a very strong legio. I think they're. I don't think they're bad. Uh, they're not like um, Legio Kratos, which is the most annoyingly amazing-looking Legio, which rules are just poor. But you are, uh, but you are on a, you know, you, you're, you, you're not. They're, they're just fine. They're not amazing. They're just fine. It's also a very sexy scheme. I think if you build around them, they they can be quite devastating. But uh, you know, you're moving more into kind of more advanced tactics there as well. Some something as well that you you uh, you missed. They've got the steadfast bastion. Stratagem, which um, adds to their short range. It's not very good. It's not worth mentioning. That's what it meant. <laughs> Fine. I, 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 I don't think so. Uh, the uh, Goonhammer love it. I don't because uh, you can't move and use it. Yes. So I'm like, well, a Reva move, a Reva can move eight. <laughs> uh, you know, the benefit I think you get from a figure six inches, and that's your your uh, short range. I guess you would use your stratagem, wouldn't you? You'd use a stratagem at the beginning of the phase to move, and then if you happen to be in range at that point, you could first fire in the movement phase. If you've moved, you can't use it. Even if it's an out-of-phase move? Yeah. Okay. I believe. I just don't rate it. I think if, if, if it's going to extend short range, uh, the only weapon I think it might be better good on, uh, well, they talk about it as like you making a gun line going on it. Um, now, this might be because of the way I tend to play games, uh, and this is definitely something me and my most regular opponent, George, do find, that when we played other games, like Stopium Wars, our games were always over in three turns, where other people complained the game took six turns to play. We tend to be quite aggressive players, so that might affect my looking at some things. I'm like, well, why wouldn't I just move? But I think in a game of maneuver, giving up movement for basically your entire Legio... I just don't think it's a good. I don't. I just don't rate it. I think it. there's there's a, a strong case in this game as well that often the, the traits and the stratagems which are the best tend to be the ones which add to movement or give bonuses to movement. Mm. Like you say, it's it it's it's a game very much about positioning. It's very easy to outmaneuver your opponent if um, if they're not paying attention or if you're just being quite savvy. So yeah, I mean. That said, fast bastion, you're gaining it, but all if you're not moving, so you are fixing yourself to that particular um, corridor of fire. All your yeah. opponent has to do is just move out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I just. I I, did, I personally don't rate it. It feels like um, a phrase I got for playing card games: a kind of like win more option. Hmm. So it's only good when you're winning, and it'll help you win better. It's not, a, it's not an ability that's going to help you get back into a game. It's not an ability that if the game's quite tight, they can, I think, push over. It's just an ability. If you're winning really well, you'll crush them with it. And I don't tend to like those abilities. I could be completely wrong. Um, I should have the caveat here. I've not actually had a chance to play a game with the gatekeepers because, you know, 2020, 2021. 
but um, I just don't quite rate it. But talking about a Legion I have played a lot of games with, uh, the Legion Mortis is the other one that I would recommend. Um, now, there's a few reasons to recommend this. I think they're probably one of the most popular Legions, if not the most popular. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of Mortis players out there. Yeah. We put a we put a shout out uh, into the Facebook page earlier on today asking for to see people's Legios, and Mortis was by far the most popular. As, uh, well, one of the other Legios that we'll come to was was pretty popular as well, but I think probably yeah. twice or, or at least one and a half times as many Mortis players out there. And that's just because they combine a really good colour scheme with the cool backgrounds, yes. you know. And we're not even talking. You know, I think every, all of these Legios we've we've picked as well are fairly easy to paint, which is another good reason why yeah. you could take them. I mean, you know, Kulisatai Gatekeepers, that they are probably the most complicated, but only because they're kind of split in half colour wise. Um, and even then, it's only on the central panels. You probably need to learn to use some um, tape. Hmm. The other thing as well is, you know, they're they're enormous all the books you know if you, there's if there's a battle with titans probably going to be mortis there because they're they're everywhere so you know you, and it's also quite i mean i know most titanicus color schemes are very fluid but mortis seems to be one of the most fluid of as long as it's mostly black and you put a bit of red and white on it go nuts but so they're special rules so they've got a similar movement before the game starts ability uh although well there's a slightly better so I should say, the Gatekeeper 1, you have to pick a scale. So it's quite good with the starter set, if you're just starting with that, because you either pick Reavers or Warhounds, probably Warhounds. Get them ahead, you know, uh, getting, getting them on the flanks early, pressing them. One of the things you'll learn when you're playing is the Warhounds reactor is so volatile, a one or two, like a bad roll on the reactor dice, and it's just going to go boom. Yeah. So you're talking like that, that free... Uh, was it eight inch movement at the beginning of the game? Yeah, and then you move. Yeah, again. it means you're moving sixteen <laughs> inches, like right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, you're not pushing reactor. All your weapons are going to be in range. I think it's it's strongability. The mortis one, it, it's another strategy because of one more point, but all your titans just get to move. I wouldn't necessarily take it in every game. Uh, there's every times where because it's a lot of strategy points, but it is good and it's definitely um, it's definitely won me a few games. Especially with my uh, Reaver with uh, a Chain Fist and a Power Fist. Just getting a free move on game starts. If your opponent isn't taking Legio rules, then it's all of your points, isn't it? It's, it's, it's three, so it's, it's, it's a lot. But if they're, if they're yeah. taking another Legio, then there's a solid case that most times you'd probably want to think about taking it. I, I don't know if you would want to take it if you were like, if somebody is going to out close combat you and they're going to be rushing into your face, like maybe, but you don't have to move forward though. No, you can move, you can move, uh, you can reposition. It can be a really good one if you take, um, if you went for the idea of taking two starter sets, they'd be open up some other mana pools. So you could look at um, what I'm actually doing for my true messengers, a Corsair mana pool, and you just move all your, all your titans six inches sideways yeah. <laughs> before the game started. Completely mess up all the warlords. Uh, all the warlords like, oh, I've got a first fire. Nope. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I considered the corsair. The corsair is a strong second mana pool for my Graphonicus. I love the corsair. It's just it, that that is actually probably one of the best new starter mana pools as well. Like, I know I'm sidetracking a little bit, but all it does is allow you to. It, it allows you to, a lot of flexibility on moving and doesn't really. It, it, 
introduce any complicated rules. You know, you can now move six move six inches in any direction and just go nuts. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Um, the only thing I would say is a bit it's a bit like to use support again analogy. It's like playing Elder instead of playing Space Marines. There is a um, you need to make the most of it to make it worthwhile, and that I think that can trip up a few newer players. But uh, but I, I like it. It's one of my favorite manuals. So um, they've got a, a nice little bit of war gear, which I also like from a beginner's point of view, which is the Warmasters uh, beneficiaries. Beneficiaries. Beneficence. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but what it basically means is you uh, ignore the bolter, gets plus one strength with missiles. Sure. No, uh, it, it's very because it's only the first time the Titan fires. It's very rare that will do anything. But the fact you ignore draining is massive. So you can, I've done it where I've loaded up on a load of draining weapons. And so, like, taking lasers with shield bane, so I'm reducing my opponent's saves, volcano cannons, and I've not had to worry about heat for almost the entire game. Just because you're the first turn, you go, I'm just not gaining any. It's just, just use the ability. But I think it's, it's a really good ability that you kind of build around. Uh, one of my favorites is to take a um, had a, my princeps with a volcano cannon, the laser blast gun, and a normal laser uh, laser destructor. I think that's the three types. And turn one, after one of my warhounds had stripped a few shields, it was right. I'm going to shoot this one. Shield bane, cool. Your shields apart now. Now shield the both over it. If no, and if they hadn't, I've got the other laser sheet with shield bane. Um, you know, it just takes. Heat is one of the things that will do over a new player, I think, um, to start with, and just be here to go, what's heat? And 20 points as well is is not, in the grand scheme of things, a lot of no. points. Uh, it, it's a good sweet spot. And, and it's war gear. Because it's war gear, you don't have to take it on anything. So you just take it on what you need it to be on. And the other thing as well, that you'll quite often find with list building, you won't be able to spend all your points. It's really It can be really hard. So having these upgrades, being able to go, cool, give that one. Give that one the uh, the you know the Warmaster benefits. Sure, brilliant. You know it's twenty points spare. Um, it, it's one of the hardest things actually. Head round with uh, Titanicus, it can, you can just struggle to get all those points. Uh, the other one, the remains of the fallen. I'm not a massive fan of it, even though I like playing up and close. Minus one command for twenty points, but only with an eight inches. It's all right. I I won't worry. Yeah, then you got the other special rules. One of my favourite rules, the Reaper's Tally. This, and this is where I think Mortis want to play aggressive, uh, was why I think I really like them. So every time you, every time one of your uh, Titans kills a Titan, you basically get to re-roll a 1 in the shooting phase. Uh, this is a cumulative, so if you have, like I did one of my Warhounds, killed two Warlords and a Reaver, he has three re-rolls of 1 in the shooting phase. Every shooting phase. Every shooting phase. Oh, no, sorry, every time you shoot a weapon, sorry. Every weapon you fire, you get to re-roll three yeah. ones. Which is great when you go. I'm going to kill you. Oh, I've rolled a one to damage. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And and the amount of times as well, like especially you know, if you are firing like a a one shot weapon and you need anything but a one to hit, or you know, it's just well, okay, fine. Well, I'm probably going to hit here. I've got like one, two, three rerolls just until you get it right. Yeah, it, it it's a good ability. You do is. Now, this might be, I don't want to say it's a tricky ability for beginners, because reroll ones is a very common 40k in Age of Sigmar ability. You're unlikely to see much use out of it in the early game, though, are you? It's 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 very much a late no. game. It's one of those things. I think this is something, like, it's not quite what you said before, where like it's um, 
uh, I forget the phrase that you use, but it is very much if you're winning, it'll help you win faster and better. Win more. Yeah. It, it, it can do. It definitely does accelerate uh, any games where you do kill something for, for it, Yes, I wouldn't take them for this ability, but it's, I think it is a nice ability to have. Oh, yeah. And rerolls are so hard to come by, or rather rare to come by in this game. That yes. any, anything oh, which God, gives yeah. you a reroll is, generally speaking, going to be pretty useful. Their last special rule is uh, State of Decay, which basically means if your princess gets wounded, uh, you can ignore it for a turn. Uh, this is, ki- again, kind of useful. Um, it doesn't actually come in many games. Most people don't tend to aim for the head because um, it tends to be the hardest part to kill. And it's just quite useful from the, from the point of view of uh, it's not affecting your command rules. So just having a turn where you go, nope, I'm just going to ignore all my critical effects on the head. Again, you're getting to ignore rules, which I think when you're a, a new player, I think that can be a good one. Now, I would say, I did have a think about this after the other day. I do actually think I'm going to throw in there. We're doing five. We're doing five, are we? <laughs> We're doing five. Thanks for the warning. I do have friends in there. I do also actually think Tiger's Eyes might be a good starting mana, starting Legio. Doctor Paint, they look freaking awesome, the, the Legio Furians. I love the scheme. Obviously, it's not the most beginner-friendly scheme to paint. But I was kind of thinking, I, I think I just dismissed them because I have like, this blind spot that they exist because I've has played Georgia so much. But they really punish your reactors, and I think that's a... When you're learning to play the game, you can you, know, you can physically lose titans by pushing your reactor too much. You know your titans can go bang from from if you're not careful. But just quickly throw in there, they they're one of their special their, their main special rule is in the first turn you can just either not move or not shoot, and you gain a reroll at some point in the game. Now it can it can be a trap. I've seen people who have sat with all their titans, done nothing for the first turn. And by the time they start acting, their titans have taken hits, because it's very hard to hide all of them on a Titanicus board. But, as I said, rerolls are hard, and it's a very straightforward ability. Um, if you are going to do it, I'd recommend putting a dice on their ter- on the turn of each titan that's got it, or maybe on the base, with a number of how many rerolls they've got left. So what George does, it makes it very clear and obvious to me and to him what's going on. The... Other one they've got is I think I think the big one is that is the machine spirit ability, isn't it? The machine spirit. And this is the other reason. I, this is actually probably the other reason I didn't want to bring them up because they do use power of the machine spirit more, and you kind of want to push it. But at the same time, if you don't really react to dice much, is it going to affect you? I don't know. I mean, it does take some of the randomness out of rolling on the machine spirit. You know, hmm. you. So, so basically, I forget the name what it's called, but effectively... Machine Rain. Whenever you roll the reactor dice, um, you awaken the machine spirit on a blank face as well as the machine spirit face of the reactor dice. Mm. But um, what it allows you to do is you choose the effect that you want it to have. So you may you know, you just say, okay, well, I want it to shoot. Uh, it'll shoot if you fail the command roll. So sometimes you actually want to fail the command roll. That's uh, George Quelph and his... When I play, it's like go on fail. It'd be really good. Their war gear is really good as well. Uh, if you're over twelve inches, you ignore a minus one to hit. Yeah. So this isn't a plus. This, this isn't to be read as a plus one to hit. It just removes any minuses that you might have. So at long range, like a laser blaster, you're getting a minus one. Or if you target, so you go on the aim for your head. As an example, you would ignore one of minus one or come. It is really good upgrade. Now, it is over 12 inches, which is something which we I was missed for quite a while. <laughs> Georgian is shocking cheating. 
it's fine. It, it, I don't think there's a massive difference, but just, it is for long range. But it is, it's a very good ability. Uh, now, the reason you might be saying, oh, this doesn't sound too bad. You're saying about pushing my reactor, my heat going up. Their stratagem is both amazing, but oh my god, if it doesn't work, you are in so much, you can be in so much trouble. <laughs> so, Saturn is offensive surge. It's three points, quite expensive. Um, but what it basically lets you do is you get to shoot a weapon again after all your other weapons are shot. Now, this is great for like running up a warhound, popping, you know, popping the shields, and then getting to shoot like your plasma blast gun on maximal fire twice. Now, as you might have gathered from what we said earlier, I've just talked about a warhound shooting something on maximal, and also this push to the reactor by what we're doing it. Your heat can rapidly accelerate. Now, you might get us any one. You'd be amazed how how many times George has blown up his own titans from from using the ability. You only ever roll ones when you desperately don't need to roll ones. It's the it's the it's the yeah. it's the plasma gun effect, or it's the it's the go for it in blood bowl effect. Anything but a one. But at the same time, as George always say, if he kills my titan from it, if my, his warhound now kills a reaver, well, he's he's up. He's quite happy for Warhound to spend a turn just going, right, you know, emergency repairs, get the heat down. It's a really good mission. So I think I need to bring them in there. I I probably should have. I don't know. I get worried about anything like, with, like, machines, but adding more machine spirits, not doing anything for a turn. You know, why do you want EJ good? Because for the first turn, I sit there and I don't do anything. They were definitely a contender. When, when we were going through these, they were a contender for yeah. a while, weren't they? I think they're kind of on the plus side. Like, I, I think we would have to say that they're definitely a worthy mention. Like they are a very popular legion. They're arguably one of the best le- legios. But you know that we're we're talking the slightly plus side of. Ideally, if you kind of at least have played war games before, you should be all right with them. But if you've played GW games before, I wouldn't worry about. I think most legios would be fine. But we're just highlighting the ones which are more beginner friendly. And as I said. The machine spirit dice, it takes a, that's probably one that's probably one of the things that took I would say to me a while to get my head around. It was one of the last things that kind of clicked into place because there's a few timing window nuances with it depending on when you're rolling it. So which can mess up things a little yeah. bit. So um that, that's that's the main thing with it. Shall we talk loyalists? Yep. So the first loyalist, which when he hints at really is being potentially being one of the best Legios, is uh Legio Storm. Now, the reason they're good is their rules don't actually seem particularly sexy. But basically, you just don't worry about your reactor at all. Uh, so I played the Storm, most of my first Legio. Uh, I did sell them because everyone around here had a Storm, who's an honest. Uh, and, and also, I think I learned a lot of stuff and wanted to do more modeling stuff. But anyway, but it was very much a big learning curve going from them to then playing other Legios that actually have to care about the reactors. Mm. So the first special rule is uh, March 4th. So on the first and second turn, when you move your Titans, you add two to their boosted movement characteristic. So this is great if you want to take Warlords and you're a bit worried about them being slow. If you boost them, they're moving eight inches on turn one and two. Yeah, it's something that you probably wouldn't, I would say, don't do on your Warhounds for previously said reasons. You know, like... Depends how uh, how dangerous they are to live. I used to. It's an extra two inches, <laughs> but like Warhounds don't really need two inches. The Warhounds, I'd rather just, um, if you if you really want to move them, I'd potentially do the order on turn one. Yeah. And then by turn two, it probably doesn't make that big a difference. But on, on, a, on a Warlord, you're effectively doubling their base speed by adding two inches on. Yes. It because they only move four at the best of times. You boost, you get an extra two inches. Uh, 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 you know, you probably, yeah. 
but you make that four, that's a big difference. Again, not now talking about the session, not great on a Corsair manifold because you can't use boosted movement outside your front arc. There is a downside to this though, you are rolling the reactor dice twice and you are applying the worst result. But if you're a what if you're doing it on your warlords, then you know Yeah, doing it on your warlord roof's no issue. Now I believe I haven't got the FAQ in front of me, I believe the worst result would be a machine spirit roll. And and if you're doing it on your warlord or reaver, you're you're quite likely to pass command roll anyway. I wouldn't worry about it too much. The other special rule is, and this is the reason why they don't take much to their damage, is um, in the damage control step, it's called also veteran, uh, veteran princeps. In the damage control step, when you're doing your, your, when you roll your, your repair dice, a warlord can re-roll two dice, other titans can re-roll one dice. It's not just the damage repair step either, it's emergency repair orders as well you can do that on. Uh, oh yes, yeah, so we're on actually emergency repair, so you are right. Yeah, so basically anytime you make a repair roll, you get two re-rolls. That is, or oh, Avery rolls on smaller sizes. That is massive. It doesn't sound like much. Especially if you do emergency repairs, you get the plus one. You, if you, especially if your heat's high, you're not that likely to, you know, you're just, you can just get rid of it so quickly. Any rerolls are good. The other main strategy which people like, uh, I used to use it a lot as well, so it's the uh, Machine Defiance. Oh, God, this one's sick. <laughs> this one is so good and, and possibly one of the most infuriating stratagems out there if you are the person who is on the receipt the other side of the game it is a little swingy because you can do nothing but basically uh you if your voice just claps you pick a tight so your warlord's march forward because he's really fast because he's your warlord gets takes a bit of fire voice go down yeah you, you know, you've got the classic one okay you've got that that, uh, that Reaver's there just blowing your shields off with his Gatling, ready to fire that Melter Cannon. Use the stratum. You roll as many dice as you have Titan Servitors. So Warlord, that's four. Reaver, that's three. Warhammer, that's two. Don't do it on a Warhound. For every five and six you roll, you get a Void Shield back. So it's been all this effort getting down. I've, I've done it for a Warlord where, okay, cool, that's got four shields. And, and not only that, but you know, you need what is it, a six plus to reignite shields? It's sort of five normally. Right? And yeah, the, obviously it's the only the first time, but you're effectively forcing your opponent that they're going to have to commit another shooting attack just to drop your shields. So yeah, so that that's them. So basically, their their abilities don't help them hurt people that much, but they just mean that you repair easier and you just don't worry about your reactor, so you can do more. Um, and I'm very much a fan of stuff that can do more. Um, on that vein, really tried not to include this Legio. Could not find a second Lord's Legio that I thought seemed easy. So we've got Legio Crucius, uh, the Warmongers. I, I, I quite like Crucius. I, I know you say yeah. that, but like the more that I read these rules, like the more I'm actually quite tempted to do they're them. All, some they're point. all right. But it's basically, I don't want to include them because they are very much the same. They are very much another pair-focused faction. Just going there, so they've got the Forgeborn. So on the first and second rounds of the game, when you make a repair roll, uh, either damage face or emergency orders, you may re-roll any dice rolls of one. It's pretty good. It does, I would say this would encourage you maybe on the first turn to like push your reactor to move, try and move as far forward as fast as possible. It's a bit situational, isn't it? Because like it's not like veteran princeps where you can re-roll one or two yeah. any of any, any dice. Every turn. <laughs> However, if you are as good at rolling dice as our friend Maz is. <laughs> uh, when you pick up a load of dice, 
they'll generally all come up as ones. It's it's excellent. The rule I really like, though, uh, which works every turn, is uh, Pride of Riser. So during the damage control phase, um, any uh, all emergency repairs, if you roll a six, you want to I'll use that six to vent plasma, you vent two rather than one. That's very good early game, isn't yeah. it? Because the sixes are obviously used for a they lot. They are. But, but it, it means you can go really hot in those first couple of rounds where you've not really taken much damage and you don't have to worry about it, your it reactor. It means you can take a lot more draining or plasma weapons. Obviously, is very plasma-heavy and the fluff. So it would also fit in with uh, trying to try to do that. Um, i trying to remember the equipment. Now. One of them I really liked and one of them I just didn't like at all. Yeah, there's um, the bifold power containment which is 30 points so this is the one where if you've got a weapon with a draining trait you roll a d6 and on a four plus um you don't take any reactor no you, um, you roll the dice twice and you pick the result you want sorry that's it yeah yeah, yeah if you run a one you roll it twice and choose there's uh you choose the result will advance the reactor the most um and if they're both yes. a one but one's waking the machine spirit you're waking the machine spirit I think that's quite good. I think that's quite good. Uh, I wouldn't take on every Titan because thirty points is getting to the pricier side of upgrades. But again, it just means that you know you the the the, the biggest risk factor of the game you're kind of taking out, which I think was said when you're a new player. I think that's pretty good. And then the last one, I think, puts you yeah, put, you get puts you on uh, Titan shutdown. Generally speaking, in, in the games I play, if your Titan has to go into mud shutdown, it's probably it's probably going to die anyway. So don't. Yeah, that's the so that's the terminus override yeah. mechanisms, which is thirty points, and effectively it's the first time you would take a reactor overload. Instead, you go into shutdown. Um, yeah, like shutdown's just a bit. Sh- I don't know if I can swear on this. I don't know if we decided if this is a sweary podcast or not yet, but it's it's a bit it's a bit shit. As I said, if you're going to mostly shut down, you're probably dead. So don't <laughs> I can kind of see a, a kind of edge case for this where if it happens early on, maybe, and you've got something to screen them in the in the and stop them taking more damage. I can maybe. see the logic. If like in a massive game, maybe I could see the logic where you could hide it. But if they're shooting you to cause that much damage, unless you've done it for your own stupidity of like pushing a titan too much it's 30 points as well it is it's a it's a lot of points for war gear for something which is incredibly situational i'm not i'm not a fan um i don't think i've ever used the emergency shutdown order i think actually that's not true i've emerged shutdown because someone rolled did the strategy when you rolled the reactor dice so the uh order dice and that's the order your titan goes on and i got a bit of emergency shutdown that's the only time i've done it you actually dropped your shields so I, t- I tell you what, Cru- Crucius, like when I was looking at Crucius and why I said that I wanted to actually do a Crucius um, Legio at some point, what I would do with these, actually, what, all that that we were talking about earlier on the Grand Master box set, it actually, like we said, it, it, it lends heavily towards draining warlords. An Extergamus Manipul yeah. of Crucius is going to be very good. I think the you're obviously going to be taking that extra heat from the extergamus trait, but then you can be boosting those weapons by two strength, and you're not overly going to worry too much about the heat that it's going to generate. Can you tell we all we're like warlords, and a lot of our conversations go back to extergamus? 
<laughs> I think from because I'm doing Audax at the moment, which is all Scout Titans, I think I'm naturally now gravitating for Legio 3 to be a uber mm. heavy Extergamus or something similar like that, I think. And of course, we say with all this, if, if you are, if you have a Legio you have in mind, paint that Legio. Um, if they don't have rules, do you maybe think about some of these Legios? So um, I can never pronounce them. John's doing the, uh, the Zanzibar. Zestobiax. <laughs> Zanzibar. At the beginning of Z, I could, I could pronounce. It's an X. Oh, it's not even a Z. He's in the X-ray Legio. <laughs> Uh, the X-Traitors, there we go. That's what we can call them. Um, they have no rules currently, so he's quite open. You can use the custom Legio rules. If you're starting, I probably wouldn't recommend the custom Legio rules because you kind of need to know what you're doing, I think, to not use them. Yeah, we can cover that in a future pod. Though. There are some really strong abilities that you can get out of the custom Legio rules, but it's definitely not something Less you'll start like the with. White Dwarf, and they were broken as hell. And they were proper broken at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 it's fun, but yeah, I'd say... I said before, I will repeat it. Paint the Legio you want to paint. You're going to enjoy it more. You know, uh, it's literally the advice I gave for five years working at Games Workshop. Oh, what kind of paint? What, what, how do you paint the face means? How do you want to paint? Because that's the answer. Yeah. You aren't going to continue a Legio that you're not enjoying painting. Like, if it's a pain in the ass to paint, you're not going to find the inco- like the the motivation to actually finish it. Find something that you want to paint. Find something that you enjoy painting, and something which gives you that little bit of a kick out of seeing the finished result on the table. Uh, the other thing, I, the other thing to say, just quickly, touch on manifolds. I'm not going to go the mind for the manifolds because there's a lot and different Legio rules make a big difference. Um, if you're going to get the starter set, uh, I'd highly recommend picking up. I think it's I think it's Shadow and Iron. It's got what's called the uh, Ferox Lightning. Uh, the rule's really simple. When you're close, you do plus one. To, you get plus one to damage rolls. That's it. It very much, very much favours the knife fighters rule, isn't it? Though you can also use weapon skill or the ballistic skill or vice versa. When you're very close, doesn't normally make much of a difference. It's kind of a, a bit of a small one, but a lot of the other special rules involve you know various different things. This was just plain, straightforward, and simple. When you're close, you get plus one damage. That's what you need to think about. Anything else to add on that? No, I think we, to be honest, I think we've uh, we've done a lot of talking. Uh, this has become a longer episode, I think, than what we anticipated it for. Certainly when we wrote the show, show notes out for this, it didn't seem like we were going to be talking for it as long as it has. But it's been, uh, hopefully you kind of, if you're a new player to AT, this has been of some help. It's your hobby at the end of the day, so do what you like. But maybe if this is kind of just giving you a bit of food for thought, and certainly if it's it's perhaps saved you buying something that you would later go on to regret, you know, hopefully there'll have been some benefit. If you do have any other advice you think we're very wrong, please do message. Um, one thing I would say is this, it's our, this is advice we're giving. If you disagree, that's cool. Um, we might disagree if you'll disagree. <laughs> but, but we want feedback. And if it's something that I go, you know what, you're completely right. Alex thinks you're completely right. We'll probably have touched on the start of the next episode. Just to say, if we've got something so wrong, we'll correct ourselves in the next yeah. one. But if it comes down to a point of view or an opinion, these are our opinions. That that's why it's good to actually consume like all the other podcasts as well, because it does give you a kind of a bit of a cross section of what people are thinking. But yeah, we've now um, it took a few days with the first one to get us hosted on some of the um, 
sites. Uh, we're using Anchor to distribute our um, our podcast at the moment. Uh, we're still waiting on a uh, a few of the big names um, like Apple Podcasts, I think, to officially distribute us. Um, we have been touting the RSS feed um, for people to use in their podcast system of choice. But we are hoping in the coming weeks um, that the distribution on some of those ones that we're not on yet will be finalized. With some luck, it'll then just be seamless from there on in. It's just that initial sort of startup delay. Uh, so do keep an eye out um, for us. Yeah, more to come. It's one of the sort of downsides of using a free piece of distribution um, equipment, but it allows us to get out there. Maybe in the future, we might look to, to something which is a paid service or something which should offer a, a few more options. But un, until then, Anchor's doing as well. One thing I would say for us in particular, it's quite, it's quite a nice, straightforward platform to use. It does a lot of the hard work that we'd have to do for us. Um, you know, we, we, we're both <laughs> work full-time with kids. You know, um, anything that can make life a bit easier is a bonus. Um, and it's, it seems pretty good so far, I must admit. I, I was a bit skeptical, but... Other than the, the speed of distribution through some of the bigger ones, like, there's, it's it's been great. But from what I've heard, it's just, it's just something that... It, it just takes a while. It can take a few weeks. It, I think it can take a couple of months to get on Apple. But bear with us. Um, if not, then you'll probably be listening to us in three months' time and have a whole heap of backlog <laughs> to get through, which is probably the best way to get used to us and listen to us. But um, I think next um, next show that we're going to do, like we, we'll try and do one, short, hopefully around the War Master release if possible. But we're going to hopefully get off the first of our guests on. Um, so a friend of ours. A couple of friends of ours, I should say, have just opened up a new mm. web store, and they design um, and print 3D replacement parts for Adeptus Titanicus, uh, and they're called Battle Bling. Uh, you can find them on the Etsy store. Um, the stuff they've been kicking out has been fantastic. We've been lucky enough to benefit as almost like market mm. research for them, so we've we've benefited from f- quite a few freebies to sort of see what the appetite was and host a few ideas and we've we've been working quite closely with them to um design some of their stock and now it's great to see it up there and 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 selling like mad so we'll be getting john and john on next time um if both of their schedules line up and we'll probably be doing a lot of talking about 3d designing 3d printing and also a little bit about their store um, but if there is anything in particular that you do want to hear from us, um, or if you've got any suggestions or questions, then you can reach out to us uh, via email at maximalfire at gmail.com. Our Instagram account as well as maximal uh, at maximal.fire. And we also have the Facebook page, um, facebook.com forward slash maximalfire. Um, we're also active members on the Adeptus Titanicus 2018, the all all capitals version Facebook page. So, you know, if you, you may see us posting in there, and if you've got any questions, just reach out and let us know. Just quickly with the battle thing, there's one, uh, one thing I really want to highlight. A lot of people ask about uh, name, names or nameplates on Titans. A lot of places do a very good job, a bit pricey. Battle do an amazing job, and it's £20 for 10 I can't stress actually how yeah. cheap that is. So if you are looking to get nameplates yeah. on your Titans, which I highly recommend, uh, just for there's a lot of ways it makes the game a lot easier. I think it's cool, and so much character to the game. 
20 pounds for 10 you're not going to get much better and they do an amazing service they will take all the names all the titans they'll check what fonts you want you can kind of customize it to a certain degree how you want it done yeah so hopefully we'll hear a bit more but they're constantly adding mm-hmm. stock as well so you know what's on there now there'll be more in the in the next coming weeks and if you want to see some painted up versions um myself and ben on instagram i've painted up some of the stuff and this is on our feeds so ben is at ben underscore davy 1985 and i'm at peak the painter so check out our instagram stuff if you want to have a look at some of the stuff painted up there's um ben's got a very cool all um missile launcher reaver uh, apocalypse missile launcher <laughs> reaver on his thread um i've i've done one of their replacement Vulc- vulcan mega bolter uh, style weapons which also looks very cool if i do say so myself well, so if you are struggling to find me literally just type in uh legio uh hashtag legio kalas kalas kat sky w2 kulisatai kulisatai pretty much all of them are me because <laughs> apparently i mean that's about enough to do them well there's one other guy but he's only for one picture up yeah, but going to see a bit more of them because it's a lovely yeah, colour scheme. But obviously, they are they are from the latest book, so it's going to take some track while for them to get going. I think so. New Legio is in. They did exist beforehand at the fluff, but not really. Not really. Yeah. Cool. I think that's enough for us. Yeah. Today, Ben. But that only leaves me with one more thing to say, and that is: go big, go loud, go maximal. We'll see you next time. <laughs>